Okay, we are in Sefer Obadja, Perik Aleph, Pasuk Yud, Mechamas Ochicha Yaakov. So we saw in the first ha- half of the Perik a very strong prophecy and condemnation against the nation of Edom. Biographically, we've learned that Obadja himself was an Edomite, a convert, who was worthy of becoming a Navi, and therefore he focused this one parrot, which is the entire prophetic output of Obadja, against Edom. The problem Mephorshim have is that there is a split of opinion as to who Edom is. What metamorphosis is Edom? On the one hand, Edom could be Asaph. We're talking about the singular brother of Yaakov. Edom could also be that nation that the Kaddish Baruch Hu gave the Nachala in Har Seir. Edom could be the Edom that we know from the first phase Hamikdash exile and destruction. They lived in Eretz Yisrael. Edom could also be the second base Hamikdash, the Edomites, the Romans. Uh, the Romans are considered descendants of the Edomites, and therefore that is Golos Romi, which is Golos Edom, a exile that still exists today. And Edom is also the personification of all persecution and evil in the centuries since the destruction. So when the Navi is prophesying the destruction of Edom, to whom is he directing his remarks? And so divided is the halachic authority, or more logically, the the commentators, The Ibn Ezra, for example, says you're talking about the first temple Edomites. The Edomites who lived in Israel in the days of Nebuchadnezzar and the Golos Bavel. And while they were not active combatants, they were more than delighted, overjoyed spectators at the disaster that was enveloping B'nai Yisrael and the subsequent exile. The Radak, on the other hand, says no. When the Navi is speaking here, he is talking to the Edomites of the second Beis Hamikdash, the second exile. Abarbanel takes a third position, and that is that he is talking to both. He is speaking to both the first temple and the second temple, and you will see as we go through this how it conforms to different interpretations from both Radak and Ibn Ezra. So we begin with Pasuk Yud, Mechamas Achicha Yaakov, because of the hatred you bore your brother Yaakov, Techasef Busha. You will be covered with humiliation, the Nichras Olam, and you will be destroyed forever, eternally. And so that fits in with the Abarbanel's interpretation. You break up the Pusuk as follows. You say that in the 
first temple, for the of the first temple, you will be covered with humiliation. For the second base Hamikdash, you will be destroyed. And so you can see going back and forth that this can be made to fit first temple, second temple, Achris Hayomim, we will see as well. Continues the Navi. On that day, you stood off to the side. So that would comport with the first base Hamikdash. We know there were Edomites in the land of B'nai Israel, And what you did was stand off to the side. As Rashi says, Shalom Ba'ala Zorlo. You didn't lift a finger to help them. And you're standing by with an absolute sense of joy of what was going on. And we're going to see they did even worse in that first exile. Therefore, for that, you stood by just watching as spectators, uh, as, as foreigners looted B'nai Yisrael, and uh, outsiders, other nations came into its gates, Yerushalayim, Yado, Goral, they threw lotteries in Goral, uh, in Yerushalayim as to who gets what, how you divide the spoils, Gam mehem. You are as if you were one of them. You will be held accountable. Continues the Navi. And so don't stand by. The Navi is speaking to Edom as if in the future, even though this has happened in the past already. Don't stand looking in the, at the day of your brother's humiliation. In other words, my fortune say, you didn't have to stand there in the streets cheering. You could have gone into your homes and avoided the embarrassment that was prevalent there. And instead of participating in the intelligent, the fair thing would have been to withdraw. Uh, and don't rejoice with B'nai Yehuda meets its calamity on their day. Don't verbalize, don't give you know, your opinion or your support on the day of their sorrow. In other words, you've got to show compassion. You've got to show empathy for your brother. Don't come into the gates of my people on the day of their calamity. Don't stand and watch the evil on the day of their calamity. Don't reach out your hand to loot their treasures and just rob them on the day of their calamity. And now... The Mephorshim tell us in the next puzzle that what they did, Edom, in that first Golos of Nebuchadnezzar, it was not that they only stood and watched. They would station themselves on the roads that were used for escape. And so if certain B'nai Yisrael were able to evade and escape the Babylonians, 
they would retrieve them, catch them, and turn them over to the Babylonians. Don't stand on the crossroads to bring back their refugees, their remnants. And on the day of this terrible calamity, don't return those that managed to get away. You're bringing them back to certain death. Says Obadiah, because the day is coming near on all the Goyim, what you have done to them will be done to you. What you did uh, will be returned upon your heads. And this would refer as well, first temple, second temple. And in other words, even in that first temple, you did it with such intensity. You, you not only saw their suffering, you actively participated with an intensity that went beyond being a spectator at it. Continues. And just as you have drunk, you Edom, on the my sacred mountain, you have, in other words, with joy, you have had festivals on top of the mountain that Beis Hamikdash was, therefore all the Goyim will be drinking there. I will feed them that same cup of, of celebration. And the shasu below, they will drink and become inebriated. It could mean that they will become so intoxicated, they will not know where they are, they will lose all um, their bearing, their, their, their sanity. It could also mean they will disappear forever that they will be punished just as they have celebrated on my holy mountain, they will be destroyed on my holy mountain. And Hartzion will be the place where the refugees of Zion, where the Jews will return from their exile. This could be, of course, Achris Hayamim, Kodesh. It will be sanctified. The tumma of their occupation will be removed. For Yoshu Beis Yaakov es Morosheshehim, and Beis Yaakov will be inheriting again, never to depart their nachlo, their uh, inheritance. For Hoya Beis Yaakov Eish Uves Yosef Lahava Uves Esav Lukas Redalku Bahem Vaachlum and in this Afris Hayamim, Beis Yaakov, which is the common name for Yehuda, the fire of Beis Yaakov, Ubeis Yosef, interestingly, the fire of Beis Yosef, meaning the fire of the ten tribes, will ignite Lahava, Ubeis Esav Lokesh, will Esau will catch fire, they will set a flame or be set a flame and they will be consumed. There will not be a single remnant of Esau surviving. That includes the, the Romans, it includes the enemies of Israel, it includes Amalek. 
Interestingly, the Gemara in Baba Basra makes the point that, uh, let me read it to you, Omar Rav Shmuel Barnachmani, Ra Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov saw prophetically, She'en Zaro shall Esav Nimsar, Ella Biyad Zaro shall Yosef, that the ultimate destruction of Esav, Amalek, will not be destined to be destroyed by anyone else but the hands of Yosef, meaning the Asaras Hashratim will come back, and the source the Gemara uses, Bahaya Beis Yaakov, Ubeis Yosef Lahava, Ubeis Esav Lakash. In other words, the source will be that Nachris Hayamim, the final blow, the death blow to Amalek, will come from those ten tribes whose existence we have lost track of. So that again, words of hope that Nachris Hayamim, we will all be united together. The Yorshu Hanegev as Har Esau, the Hashvela as Plishkim, the Yorshu as Stay Ephraim, as Stay Shomron, Uvinyamin as Hagilod. And in that day of Achris Hayomim, they will now take permanent possession of all the land and all the cities they lost. They will Yorshu Hanegev as Har Esau. Those that dwell in the Negev will take Har Esau, which is the closest. You will take over the nation closest. Vashvela, those that dwell in the midland of Israel, the midsection, will take the lands of the Plishkin, again, the closest. The Yorshua stay Ephraim, Vestay Shomron, they will take over the fields of Ephraim and Samaria. Ubinyamin will get the Gilad. Binyamin goes to that eastern side of the Yardin where was the home of Chatzim Shevet Menashe. They will all go back to their indigenous original territories and it will be made as close as possible. The Gola Hachel Hazel Ivnei Yisrael Asher Knanim Adsorfas, the Golas Yerushalayim Asher Besfarad, Yershu Es Orei HaNegev. And they will be gathered, all this vastly dispersed people of Israel, will be gathered that went from Canaan. Sorfas is held what it means in France. In other words, they were dispersed after the destruction of the Second Temple to France. The Golas Yerushalayim Asher B'Sforad and after the Golas Yerushalayim there were many that went, as we know, to Spain. Yershu Esarei HaNegev, they will come back and they will get their exact territories back. Very interesting that it is those two countries that are mentioned. And the final Pasuk, a very famous one, the Olu Moshiim Baharzion Lishpodes Har And they will come to Hartzion to judge the Mount of Asov. And so it, it, it leaves certain questions unanswered because if they're entirely destroyed, Asov, who is going to be judged on Hartzion? Who is coming to Hartzion? The Medrash tells us, and we learned this interestingly enough in Micha, which we were going to learn in a few weeks, that the Moshiach will come with seven princes and six, if I'm not mistaken, six um, separate individuals who are uh, Nevi'im in their own right. 
will come and they will give the judgment on Hartzion uh, to Amalek. The Haisal Hashem Hamlucha and the entire universe will be the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and it's fitting we let the Radak have the last word on this. Let me read it to you. Haisal Hashem Hamlucha. Az Hamlucha Hashem Levado. It will belong to the Kaddish Baruch Hu and us solely. It's ours. No one else will share in this. Because we will reach in the end of the days that time where all the nations of the world will acknowledge his judgment, his creativity, his kingship over the world. On that day, the Kaddish Baruch Hu alone will reign. Israel will reign supreme. The people of Israel will be looked up to, their leadership accepted, and their God accepted as the true creator, and that should be Chen Yehi that concludes Obadja. Tomorrow, 8.45, we start the story of the most reluctant Navi in all Jewish history, Yonah ben Amitai, 8.45 a.m. You won't want to miss it.